Hey, 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 y'all. Welcome to the Graceful Truth Unscripted Podcast. I'm your host, Dana. We're here to speak truth in the most graceful way possible about our personal experiences that we've had throughout the foster care and adoption system. We're also going to cover some things we've encountered along the way. We don't sugarcoat anything. These are all real people telling their stories. I've always wanted a place for aunts, uncles, grandparents, current and former caseworkers, doctors, therapists, and really anybody such as yourself who knows anything or has had any interaction with a foster or adoptive parent or child. This is a safe place. This is a place we're going to share our stories without feeling judgment, without being misunderstood, or really being turned in to an agency for simply sharing our experiences. We're also going to laugh. We're going to cry. We're going to come together as one to figure out the best way to effectively change the legislation and the laws, and also ways to help our children. We're also going to be there for those parents that are struggling with how to cope with the many different situations that we have to deal with on a day in and day out basis. We're also going to cover some mental health, medical health, special needs, and of course the joys of being a parent. Our goal is to be the voice for those who can't speak. We're here to share our stories. We're here to share our realities. It's time to come together and be that voice for these children. So please join us as we embark on this journey. All right, guys, today is a very special episode. Um, I've decided to come on here and use my voice to share just a little glimpse into our lives with everything going on right now, some of my opinions, and some of my faults, because I don't care who you are, there is always something to learn about what other people go through, whether it is African-Americans in the black community or Asians or Chinese people or um, Hispanics like there are so many different races religions sexualities I mean there's just so much and yes it does tie into foster and adoptive care if you can hear my dogs in the background i apologize but mama's home by herself and they want to wrestle instead of be sweet dogs and go to sleep um so my history growing up was that i was very um how do i put this i was grown up in a white community and my entire family's white and that's just how you know we were surrounded by white folks the same thing with my husband however we did have friends of the african-american color my parents had friends of the african-american color we had kids in school of that color i was raised to love people not to judge them and you know a lot of people say well i don't see color i say i did see color but that didn't make me you know treat them any different and a quote that i live by is i trust everyone until they give me a reason not to 
So I also cannot sit here and say that there aren't times that I question people. And it is not because of anything other than looks, but that's still a judgment. In my eyes, that's still racism. I am purposely judging somebody I don't even know just because of whatever it is. Most of the time, it's either the way that they look or the way that they're acting. Um, I've had to do a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of work on that in myself. And as I was growing up, we did have people in our family that were racist. And unfortunately, it's been something that a lot of people have dealt with over the years. However, with something that should have been getting better, with something so prevalent, it, we should not be dealing with this today. We should not have to use our voices. We should not have to protest. We should not have to go out there. We should not have to fire somebody simply because they use excessive force. Like, we should not be in that position. And do not at me and say, well, you don't know what the other guy did. There's the video. And I don't care what you say, he did not deserve to be murdered. He was in handcuffs. There were four policemen and one of him on the ground facing down with his hands behind his back in handcuffs. That's where it should have stopped. So if you don't agree with that, you can go ahead and just not listen to this because at this point, I really don't care. And I told you guys I would give it to you straight. <laughs> so I say all that because I'm going to take you on my journey because when my husband and I initially requested children, we asked that they be white. And I've I've talked about this before, and I've also talked about the color of my children's skin before. But the reason behind that was not because we were racist, which we've been blamed for, but it was because we knew that number one, a child would be coming to us with trauma, minimum, on top of whatever else comes with having a child. And obviously we have children that are very special needs children. And we just didn't want that in our life. However, God knew that my heart needed saving. And I recognize that because I can tell you my racism went more than I could even acknowledge. And I needed to be taught lessons. There were lessons that God needed to teach me. Okay. So I am a white mother to a black child. My husband is a white father to a black child. Now, just to reiterate, both our adopted daughter and our adopted son are biracial. Mother was white. Both alleged fathers were black. However, my son has the brown skin, okay? And my daughter is more of the tan Brazilian type skin tone, but she has the hair. So, most of the time, 
we get the reaction because of my son. And I'm going to explain to you every instance that I can remember or that I really even paid attention to, okay? So I immediately fell in love with our son when I first met him. And it was never about... I never sit here and say, oh, well, I'm raising a black son and da-da-da-da-da. No, I literally... And this is another lesson he has taught me this time. I stay away from it because I am still white. I'm not black. My son is black. And even though I witness and I see the judgment from people just because of him doesn't mean that I know what it's like to be pulled over as a black person. I don't know what it's like to walk into a store as a black person. I don't know what it's like to go out and eat as a black person, right? I don't know that because I'm not black. I do have a son that is black, but I am not black. So I cannot fully understand that part of it. So what I'm going to be talking on is the little lessons that I've learned, what I have seen in my own community, just by having a child who is black and unfortunately I this is a topic and I refuse to stay silent about it now I've had people I've already unfriended and I've seen all of the posts I've seen all the anger but if you are not outraged at what happened then you need to do some more digging this should not have happened period I don't care also just because there's one bad cop, or in this case, four bad cops, you know, that does not mean every single person that puts on a uniform is a racist, okay? We have got to stop grouping people together saying that all these people are bad, or all these people are stupid, or all these people are idiots, or all of these people are criminals, or all of these people hate this color or that color or this race or that race or this gender or that gender like we have got to wake up and I get so passionate about this because it is time right now to sit down shut up and listen to those that deal with this day in and day out and what we can do as a society and as Americans to stand behind them and support them. Because right now, I'm not a black person, but I've already been shunned for speaking up because I'm scared for my son. I am petrified of the world he is growing up in because of the color of his skin. And it makes me so mad because I know many people are good. I have family that are law, enforcement's off, law enforcement officers that, as we're speaking, my son is staying with because he's his papa. Not my dad, not blood-related papa. That is his adopted grandpa because he's my adopted dad. And he was a police officer. And my son's already petrified of police officers because he was taken in a raid because his parents decided that they want to do drugs and drug deals and try and murder somebody. 
okay? So he's already scared of cops. And now I'm getting questions, well, mommy, why do I have to do that? Or why does this man have to do that if we're watching a show? Or why is he so mad? And having to explain the history that I don't know a ton about, I, I know enough that it makes me angry because of where my heart is. But it's, it's a lot. So I implore you, whether you think you have a problem with color or not, some part of you does, and I, a lot of it, from what I see for myself, is not understanding what people go through. Okay, well, how do you do that? You ask your friends of color. I'm here to listen. Shut up and listen. Call the people that are parents maybe to a black child, such as myself. I am happy to share our experiences, and I have shared the experiences. And we've actually been out in public where waiters and waitresses have witnessed our experiences, which we're about to get into. And you need to stand up for people. Not just in the black-white world of racism, but you need to stand up for people that are doing wrong. Because if you don't stand up for them, you don't speak up for them, and you don't do something for them, you're a part of the problem. Those other three cops that have yet to be arrested need to be arrested and thrown in jail with a cop that actually physically killed this man. And you ain't going to change my mind on it. So you can have me all you want. I don't care. <sighs> okay. Told y'all I'm, I'm passionate about certain things. It's going to get my blood boiling. So let's get into various different instances of what we've encountered just by having a son who is black. And the first story is going to be... Um, about a time we went out with a group of, well, let's, that's the second instance I remember. Let's go to the first instance. We had had our son maybe two weeks. We ended up having to go to Walmart and we had to get into the customer service line. I can't remember if I had to send a money order or, or something or if we were returning something. I really don't remember it because of what happened sticks out in my mind more so than anything else. So we, let me paint this picture for you too real quick. We live in a redneck community. Like our county, we have a decent sized county, but we're in the country, guys. We, we fish, we hunt, we, we're redneck. Like there's no, we're southern, okay guys? So let's just paint that picture for you too. <laughs> um, but we're, so we're standing in, a customer service line. I'm holding my son um, because he's like he's 19 months. He can't even talk. He's smiling, you know, whatever, just like normal kids do. This woman in front of us turned around one time and my son smiled at her and waved to her and she turned around and never looked back. And all my son wanted was a smile or a wave back, but she immediately saw the color of his skin 
and refused to acknowledge that he was even alive. That was our first encounter. And had I really recognized it, like my husband recognized it right away because he was standing behind me so he could see, you know, the encounter like that outside bubble. Now that I'm, I can step back and see that, I can see how that happened, but he had to say something to me when we left the store. And that was really when we found that we were going to have some problems that we would have to deal with. So the second instance, we were out with a group of friends, and which is like family to us, and they, it was right after I gave birth to our child, so we now have three kids, a baby, uh, a one-year-old and a three-year-old depending on the time frame I don't really remember uh, but our son was old enough you know t to know notice him he wasn't hiding in a car seat or short and you couldn't see him over the table so we were we went to Applebee's to eat and because there were so many of us they have a large family too we sat and I think most Applebee's have this. Look, I'm profiling Applebee's now. But the corner booth that fits like 10 people. That's the area that we were sitting in. And we had all the kids sit on the inside as we normally do. All the adults sat on the outside edges. So there were four adults and then all of the kids all right next to each other. And I remember that I was breastfeeding my daughter and this is how ignorant i was like i mean this is how out of touch i guess i was with racism and how rampant it is because it, it's already out of my mind he's my child i don't give a poop what anybody says he is my son i don't see i see the color of his skin but i don't see him any different than i see either one of my two daughters or my husband and this is the same with these friends and we're sitting there and there's an older couple sitting at a two-seater table kind of off to us so the time that we realized that we were being stared at was when I had been breastfeeding my daughter because she was hungry now the first things that go through my mind are these people are against breastfeeding in public because that was a big hot topic around this time and however i made certain that nothing came out because i am the modest person you will ever meet i even wore covers in my own house when i was like when we were by ourselves so i had my cover on you know our friends made sure that the cover stayed, especially that way. I didn't care if I flashed my husband because he was standing, sitting on that side. So I was well covered. And we just could not believe that they were staring at me because I was breastfeeding, right? Still, ignorance. I'm, I'm, I was very blind to the fact that that was not at all what they were staring at. So I put her down and because she's done eating. And I take off, you know, my cover that was covering her so I can start eating and enjoying the meal and conversation while she's fat and happy, right? And the staring did not stop. 
So then we figured out that the entire time they were staring at us, now we're, we're like 20 minutes into this, they were staring at my son. So they were staring at, oh, uh, let's see, there are four, five, six, eight or nine of us, because I don't remember, again, the time frame and how many kids were there, there were just a lot. So there were nine white people and one black kid, right? Four white adults, a bunch of white children, my daughter, you know, a little darker, but she looks like her daddy because he's Brazilian. And our black son. And I started to get very angry because these people were staring at us simply because I had a child that was not the same color as me. And because of the color that he was, right? There are two things. So it got so bad at the staring and the whispering that we were about 30 seconds away from getting up from our table and walking over to that table and having a conversation with these people. But somebody beat us to it. And that was our waiter. He noticed that the entire time we were there that these, this couple was staring at us and they were talking to us. And he did something that I'm forever grateful for. He said, if you don't like what you see, you can get out. Like, obviously, I'm sure he said it way nicer than I did. But that's the gist of it. That couple left within five minutes of the waiter walking over to that table. And it makes me angry. But it also makes me sad. Because if somebody ever walked up to me and asked me, you know, you have such a beautiful family, or, you know, how did this come about, or try to get, like, the info, the story of my son's history would break their heart. It breaks everybody's heart that I ever tell, period. You know, like, I, anyway, if you're a white person and you want answers, go over and ask the questions. Because all these people want to do is be seen as another human being. Not be seen just because they are black. Okay? And that's coming from a white mama because that's what I... Like, I legit want to walk over to people and be like, Dude, y'all need to just calm down. And it's funny because one of our friends told us that we should just start saying to people... Like, my husband should just look at people and say, Oh, I forgave her and just walk away because that's literally how ignorant these people are. They can't have a brain to figure out our family dynamic. They can't have a brain to walk up to us. So instead they judge us and they judge my son because of the color of his skin. Okay. On to the next. We are in Tallahassee visiting um, what used to be friends? <laughs> I don't really know. I just, anyway, uh, we are no longer friends with these people, but we were visiting nonetheless. And at that time, they were considered family. They knew the color of my child's skin. Like, it was not a secret. They very well knew exactly what he looked like. And upon the end of that trip, 
not only the whole time we were there were there many racist comments made, but towards the end of our trip, we were told that my son would grow up to be a criminal because he sees it all the time in his job. I wish that I had a photo, and I'm sure you guys have seen the photo, of uh, three black men. One is a lawyer. One is a security officer, police officer, which is in the court system. And one is a defendant. Three black men, all different stages of their lives, based on the choices that they made or the environment that they grew up in. Because I really just wish I had that photo at that moment. Because it was such an ignorant response from a lawyer. Simply because... He was in a community that had quite a few people that were in trouble that were black. And I just, I never understood it. It pissed me off to no end. And I just, I stopped. I, 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 I couldn't anymore. I was done. So that was another like major incident. And a lot of the incidents, there were, there were none more than those two. Those are the two big ones of where we were, like, we had to do something or somebody else did something and stood up. But I have been out numerous times. It doesn't matter who takes my son. Every single time he is out in public, we are stared at. Whether it be my parents, whether it be... My husband's parents, whether it be, and keep in mind, they're, they're the older generation, so you're seeing two redneck white <laughs> sets of grandparents walking their grandchild around the county, and of course, they don't give two craps either, but we have come to the realization that people stare and people talk, and we have also come to the conclusion if we hear it, if we see it, we are going to start using our voices like I am right now and educate these people because racism isn't going to change until you recognize that you're racist. Racism will not change until you call out racist acts, period, right? If you are standing out in the world watching somebody be belittled, because of their race, you're the problem. We have got to use our voice. We have got to stand up because everything else has not worked. And that is where the anger drives from. And I'm very frustrated. I am very angry. And I am very, very, very scared. I am petrified for my son. Because not only does he have to deal with the fact that he is black. He also has to deal with the fact that he has special needs and at any moment he can fly off the railings. He has got to learn to control his emotions. And we're just talking about emotions because of the color of his skin. Like, I, it's... 
that just baffles me. How can the color of somebody's skin categorize them as anything other than that they're a person with different pigmentation? All right, I think I'm gonna stop that part there. Um, so what can we do? How can we help each other? Because I am far from being, you know, I'm to the point where I am listening to the people that are angrier than me that they have to resort to violence. So I understand being so mad that doesn't necessarily mean that I agree with it, but I'm listening. I am sitting back and I am not saying anything to that nature because it, to me, violence is not the answer. Hate is hate is hate is hate. You can't, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. I fully believe all that, but that doesn't mean I don't understand I don't even understand their like how angry they are because I don't I don't have that color skin. I've never had to deal with that. Right? We really truly don't know. So um what can we do? First of all, there needs to be support groups that you don't have to pay for to get in to help white families who are raising black children because I'm not the only white family raising a black child. Let's get real here. Thomas Rhett's wife and Thomas Rhett himself are raising a black child. They have been openly talking about that during this time. There are other foster families that have had many black children in and out of their homes. One of them is actually going to be a guest, not discussing this topic. We've already recorded this, um, but he will be uh, on a guest podcast coming up very soon. And I have people, obviously, in our community that are raising black children. But here's the problem <clears throat> is we don't have support that you don't have to pay for. Let me be clear with that. To understand what to teach our children. What steps do I need to take to make sure my son is safe? What steps does he need to take to make sure that he stays safe? And that is what we need. So if you know of any support groups, please let me know. I'm probably going to open my own group on social media to just be a support. Here's the other problem that I've struggled with for so long. And I finally said, you know what? It's my reality, right? I never wanted to come out and say I'm a white mother to a black child. Because I feel... I don't feel worthy enough to have this experience because of the color of my skin. And that's an internal struggle. I don't feel worthy enough to ask people for help. And I also don't know how to ask for help really without it sounding horrible. Now we were on a cruise, me and my mother, and you know, our children were brought up and we had, we were sitting at a table with a four black women. Okay, there's an older, uh, an older sister group and like my age or maybe a little bit older uh, sister group as well. And we, you know, we got to talking, obviously, that's what you do on a cruise when you're stuck with people, you don't just ignore them, right? So we were talking and I, you know, at dinner, we're like, can we pull the younger couple aside? Can we talk with you? 
Um, and I was like, listen, I know that this sounds very strange. I don't mean it to sound anything. I'm just trying to help my child with her hair. <laughs> and I explained to her that she's biracial and this is the hair like she has the super curly hair, but it's also frizzy. And I just help a mama out with how the heck to deal with this hair. And it was great because this woman had the same exact hair as my, as my uh, daughter because her parents were um, black mom, white dad. So she had that same combination of the whatever DNA for the hair. Anyway, I feel so weird, so awkward, so not wanting to offend somebody for simply asking for help with my children. Now, we also need to, the black community to step up and understand that there's going to be some of us that need help, right? We don't know what it's like. We have no idea how to deal with that type of thing. And we also need the black community to be compassionate enough to explain what they go through and try to help us understand where the problems lie. What are we doing wrong? Call your friends out, guys. If you're questioning something, if something rubs you the wrong way, and if you don't think it's appropriate, call them out. Call them out. So, if you have any resources for parents um, of black children, you know, there's some of us that are white raising children that we have no idea really what we should be teaching them and helping them understand because we've I've never dealt with this reach out to the show please so that I can share it with our community um and I hope I hope that the message came across it is time for us to use our voices stand up for those that can't stand up for themselves that are being wronged, that are being treated unfairly. Call out your friends, call out your family members when they say something stupid as a joke or whatever. When people joke around my house, I tell them it's not okay. I don't care if it's a joke because there are certain things you do not joke about and one of them is racism around me. I don't, I don't deal with it, period, end of story. So, Pray for America, guys. Pray that peaceful protests actually bring change because it's time for change. We have never dealt with this on this level, and it, it has me excited for my son's future because I know that change it should come from this. I'm praying. Like, I'm changing myself, obviously, and I'm still shutting up and listening and learning, but we need to love one another. Quit spreading the hate. Go out there, love one another. Have honest conversations. Be receptive of feedback from said conversations. And have a little bit of compassion, guys. Like, just, just love one another. I don't understand. Raise your children to love others. Because I could tell you this right now, it starts at home. Hate does not come when you are born. You are grown up to hate people. 
and that's the sad reality we're living in. So thank you guys for joining me today and I hope to hear from some of you soon. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Graceful Truth Unscripted podcast. Here's what I want you to do next. Take a screenshot of that episode you're listening to right now, head on over to your Instagram or Facebook stories and tag Graceful Truth Unscripted so more people can find our podcast. Also, if you really love us, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. I will be reading as many reviews as I can on the next episode of the podcast, so be sure to listen for your shout out. If you haven't already, please click that subscribe button so you don't miss a show. And don't forget, if you have a question for the show, shoot us a message on Instagram or Facebook or email gracefultruthunscripted at gmail.com. All right, y'all. Time to spread the sunshine wherever you go. See ya.